Hi everyone and welcome back to the Gentleman's Talk. I am not afraid of the storms, for I am learning to sail. Interesting little quote I heard this week, and I did a little golden nugget segment on my TikTok that was quite interesting, and it got a lot of response, and it is very much a true statement when we talk about mental health, and we talk about the journey, and we talk about the battles that we go through, the wins, the losses, it's just incredible it's, it's, it's a journey in itself when you start really diving into the mental health aspect and it's very much where this has come from this is the whole process this is a, where I started from I've started from a whole process I've started on this journey this battle to get into the rhythm of life and actually take control of my mental health and well-being I'm learning as much as I can and yes, I do go through some ups, and I do go through some huge downs. But ultimately, I, I, I feel I'm stronger. I feel I'm getting better. I certainly feel I'm getting better at managing my own well-being. And that's ultimately what I constantly talk about. And the reason I talk about these things is because we have to do it as a journey. The storms around us are very much the battles that we face on a daily basis, your job, your family, your your partners, whatever, whatever battles you're enduring at the moment, can be right down to the fact you could be driving a shed of a vehicle and your mental health battle is you can't afford to restore this vehicle to get you to work efficiently and effectively, but you need to go to work and uh, you need to get to work to earn the money to be able to just live and do all these things. You might, that might be your battle. It, everybody varies, but whatever storm you're facing, we are all learning to battle this. We are all learning to get through evolution. I mean, we are at a pace at the moment where we are evolving so rapidly that it's really hard to keep up with it because certainly for me, the, the I mean, just to go down to the, the basic foundations of me as a person and the way that I was raised is completely different to the way that I have to raise my own children. And I already know, if my children have children, um, that they're going to be different because we're constantly evolving. The pressures that I feel as a parent were, I don't think, around when my parents... Well, they, they certainly expressed the similar feelings that in the 80s and 90s, we didn't have the same pressures. We didn't have these social media battles. We didn't have bullying 24-7 because you were able to shut your front door. However, all of these storms that we battle, when we look after ourselves, when we care for ourselves, when we manage our well-being, we get to a better place. We have the strength and the capacity to fight these fights and they become I don't think become easier they don't become easier that would be a wrong way to interpret that I would say they become manageable there is days where they will be harder than others and there is days where they'll be easier than others so this is the whole process this is what I'm talking about this is why I'm managing my mental health and it sort of draws me into the reason why I'm so excited I mean I'm, I am actually excited to talk to you I will put add a little snippet I went live last night and um, I spoke about this 
particular podcast that I'm I'm almost I'm I'm reenacting for me, not for you because you haven't heard the original, but whenever you do something twice it doesn't quite have the same gravitas so i am battling with the fact that i recorded it and my platform decided to lose the recording so i was devastated and i was kind of battling away with shit how can i remember this with the same passion and the reason i've actually been able to find the passion is because i'm passionate about this story i'm passionate about why i wanted to come and talk to you this today's episode is focused around something that um, is part three. So this little mini-series of my darkest hour, I've been presenting to you um, the facts, the reality, the pressures that we face as a man. I'm telling you now that we all put on this mask and right from the, from, from the sort of get-go of the start of episode or part one, I talk about the depths, I talk about the fact that we have people around us but we are able to put on a mask we are able to put on a facade to get through this because we're able to fake these things and i talk inherently about the ability to ha literally on this outside smile on the outside be productive on the outside on the outside do diy function in your work you're able to do this most men are um until it's too late until it's too late and that's the problem is we're able to fake it i mean we talk whenever you say fake it i think um for me you, you say fake it you think of women faking orgasms you think of that sort of thing and you think oh yeah they're able to fake it we're able to fake it and it's quite a big thing i get it okay that's understandable but you're not able to fake it as well as a man is able to fake being happy men can fake being happy we suppress our feelings we bury our feelings down because we just don't take care of ourselves we just function we almost become our own robot now i'm not sitting here right now and describing to you a battle between men and women and, and men women can fake it better than women i'm not getting into that debate that wasn't i was just using it as a mute point however we all suffer we all some of us will always i mean you can go right down to the absolute fundamental basics and you will stress there will be somebody that's so relaxed and i've got a very good friend of mine absolutely beautiful guy and he is very laid back but I know that there's times where you feel stress. It, you can be the most relaxed person. There will be an element in your life where you will feel stressed. And it's how you manage that stress. And men have this ability to be able to fake that, to be able to perform, to be able to go to work and deliver, to be able to put on a show when we need to put on a show to be able to get the strength to protect and serve we get that ability to do that even though inside we can be inherently screaming our fucking mouths off we could be screaming our lives off we could not want to be here but we can we don't express it we don't get those feelings out it's horrendous that we do that because ultimately and this is where i draw you back into part one Part one was where I, t I, I spoke in depth about 
the resonation of I was able to talk, function, be a father. Not a very good one. Be a brother, not a very good one. Be a husband, not a very good one. Be a son, not a very good one. I was able to be them, though. I was able to put on a show. For years, I put on a show. I did what I needed to do. I showed ambition. I showed the way I was raised. I, sh I protected the way that I'm told to protect. I supported even when I couldn't physically support myself. And it was only when I got to the point where I just could not, I could not take that anymore. I could not manage it. I couldn't, there was, there was no reason to wake up. I didn't feel happy to wake up. I didn't feel passionate about waking up. I just went, if this is the foreseeable future for me, I don't want to be here anymore. This doesn't feel like life is supposed to feel. It just felt dull, horrible, black, dark. And whenever I talk about depression, I talk and we describe it. And if you put into Google depression, when images, you would see depictions of monsters, dark, black, horrible, screaming words. You would just see a plethora of darkness if you type in depression. And it is a great way of describing it because it is when you get to the point where you have been through all that you have laid down your heart where you needed to you have produced where you needed to you have served protected you have smiled when you think you're supposed to smile when you've done that and you've reached that peak where the brain fog has overtaken it cripples you it's done it's dusted it's no longer here. And then that is when you become a statistic. That's what we're trying to avoid. We're trying to stay away from that area. So then I build you into part two. Now, I don't know. I've done some reflecting. You know me. I absolutely beat the drum at reflection. I absolutely love it. I think reflection for me has changed my life because I analyse everything, and I reflected after everything, and I know that when I did part one, I felt horrible, I felt dark, it took me back to a place where I didn't want to be, it took me back to the place where therapy took me and couldn't get me through, it, it, I can describe that incident just like I can the car crash, so vividly, I could, I could physically describe everything in the car, at the time of the crash, the colour of the car, where the car ended up. I can tell you every single detail. I, I've not been able to process it, to forget it. It's there. And when I go into a place where I think about things and I reflect back to the EMDR training where I can't do that anymore because I started smelling the sulphur in the air. The mind is absolutely crazy at what it can do. You think you say you can hallucinate. You can. You can hallucinate. But when you do EMDR, it took me to a place like I was there. So that was the battle. And when I spoke after part one, I spoke about 
the details and around why I'd got to where I got to and it was at the peak of my it was at the peak of my my end I'd had enough I didn't want to proceed any further and then I changed I changed my life I I spoke in part two and this is I, like I said, I, I reflected, it took me a while to get to part two because part one affected me quite a bit. I got to part two though and absolutely, when I spoke about it as a second time, it was almost like I'd reflected, I almost felt, and I hate this word, I almost felt weak. I almost felt like it was one of those ones where I felt I shouldn't have been in that dark place because everything I'd done around me was in place. I'd moved back home, I'd try to engage with my family I tried to pursue a different career I tried I tried 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 that's what I did and I was like everything should be as my brain said it would be if I'd made all these moves and I'd moved the chess moves and I'd made them I should have been in checkmate by now but I wasn't I was I was I was nothing I was I still I was still not in control of anything and when I reflected after talking about part two, I just felt disappointed with myself. And and it's horrible to say that because you should never be disappointed with yourself. But I felt disappointed because I relived that part where I was, I'd almost given up in, we're talking 10 months ago. I'd almost said I didn't want to be here anymore. I'd, But I didn't know why I didn't want to be here. And now I do. I've reflected. I've spoken about this. I've, I've, I've talked openly. And I've said it's because I didn't have control of my life. And when I don't have control of the things I should have control of effectively and I don't bond with the people that I need to bond with, I lose control, that was part of my structure. That's why I was sad because I didn't see that. I didn't see myself gaining back the tightness that I needed, the the, the gel, the, the friendships, the relationships. I didn't feel that I had part of that. So I reflected back quite heavily and I was kind of like... <sighs> I'm not happy about this. And but what it did do was gave me and this is my favorite part and this is where I've built this up. My favorite part is part 3. This is where I am now. This is this is the turning point and this is where things get better and I drive home the message even more that I made that conscious decision. And now I'm, I must highlight bold the I made the decision you need to make that decision to want to change my decision was i wanted to change i didn't want to be sad anymore i didn't want to lose control i wanted to push forward with my ambitious nature learn progress and help people but ultimately grab hold of my well-being and i did that i made that change from the end of part two to my part of my life now that I'm talking to you and the 125 episodes of battles that I've been in facing and the ups and the downs this is where we are now this is at the point this is the pinnacle of me getting better this is this is it this is you know this is this is the where I need to be to say strong I need to focus and this is where I want to instill the the need, the want, the desire, the passion that you will have to make the same course that I have. Make the same steps. Listen to the episodes and, 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 and do what works for you, but work together. 
and this is where I talk about this, I made that conscious point, that conscious decision to stand there in January and go, I want to be here. I don't want to keep wanting to be sad. I didn't want to be triggered. I didn't want to be horrible. I didn't want to be angry. I just wanted to be a nice guy that gets on in life and gets everything that I work hard for. If I work hard for something, I just want that. I don't want any extra and I don't want any less. I just, if I give 100%, then I want that back in everything that's around me. That's all I want, just 100%. If I only give you 80%, I would only expect 80% back. And I expect, I don't say expect as an, an arrogant manner. But if I give you 20%, then I expect 20% back. If you give me more, then I will give you more. Because that's what we do. That's where we work as a team. Now, that can work across the board in relationships and friendships or family. It can work anywhere. Whatever you do, if you give, if your work gives you 50% back, then give it 50% and say, well, why am I going to keep straining and stressing myself out for my mental health and well-being to give you 100% constantly but only get 50% back? This is where we need to manage, and this is where I talk, and I, again, here we go, beat the drums, beat the drums about this well-being. And the reason I did this, the the reason I've done this little mini-series is not because of attention, It's, it's far from attention. I don't want attention, I want to support, and I want to tell people that we, we don't have to be one of those statistics. We can battle things. We can manage things. And that's where I talk about where I've been. And now I'm not talking about where I've been as in, look at me. I've been in any a more difficult place than everybody else. I'm not saying that at all. We all go through our, our own battles. And our own battles are perceived by how we want to perceive them. If we feel they are the darkest battle in the world, then that's your depiction of your battle. However... When you share that problem, is that problem shared or is your depiction of that shared? You know, this is where we learn. This is where we evolve. So I'm not saying I've been through any worse than anybody else. I'm absolutely not. And for me, the whole purpose of this is to talk about where I've come now by by talking openly and by being vocal about my mental health and actually taking some advice from women who just who do this on a daily basis taking some advice and actually articulating it in such a way that it works for me as in I will give away what I need to give away I won't give away everything I don't want to sound needy you have to but at certain people I will give the right advice and this is where I talk about being open and honest it's like now if I'm in a horrible place I will absolutely tell my family that I am not in a good place. And I don't mean like, look at me, attention, stay away from me. What I mean is, I will, if, I'm, if I'm in a low place and I don't feel the greatest, I will just tell the people around me I'm not feeling great. And I don't want it for the attention. What I want it for is just to acknowledge that I'm not in a great place. So if I don't act normal or... I act or seem slightly out of character, then there's a reason why I'm doing that. 
and I'm not doing it for attention. I'm doing it because I'm fighting something in my brain, in my battle, in my body. I'm battling with something that I don't know what it is. If I could tell you what it is, I would tell you. This is where I harp on about sharing the problems. So I know for a fact, if I, if I was sat here stressing about finances, I'd absolutely go in and go, do you know what, I'm, I'm in the shit. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or, or I would try and find a route, or I would try and do something. That is what you do, you share the problem. If I'm having an argument with my friends, or whatever, I mean, it sounds a bit childish because I'm 41, but do you know what I mean? If something, we, we all fall out, you know, we, we all fall out, but if I'd fallen out with one of my friends, the best advice I can give is, Tell that person what's upset you. If you're having an argument with your partner, spouse, whatever, then let them know what you're arguing about. Let them know what you're sad about. Let them know what's upsetting you before we get to the point where we completely and utterly undo and unpick our friendships and relationships. It's so important that we do that. Because if you don't, that's not managing your mental health. That's not managing your well-being. That's just getting angry all the time. And that's where I talk about, this is where part three was exciting for me. Because this is where I talk about the fact that I've nurtured the right people around, people around me. And I've looked after myself. I've incorporated so many new things into my life that have now become part of my everyday routine um to the point where you know and i'm bringing this back in got my cold showers are absolutely back i've done them now and i've not really harped on much about it i've not really spoke about it much but i've been doing it for six weeks and what i do is i have a one minute timed um hot shower rinse myself off and then literally do a three minute cold shower and i do that now every day and I've built up for that. It's not much, but it's it's it just it, it, I I look forward to it. It's become my learned habit. I reflect every single day, three times a day minimum. I go for a walk with the dog or a walk on my own, and I reflect on my day. I reflect on what's upset me. If I'm feeling in a low place, I will actively and openly seek advice and support. I will actively and openly engage with my wife and I will talk to her and I will say, this is affecting me, that's affecting me. And we will work as a team, as a unit. You can suck my unit, I have to say, because I know one of my mates will be listening to that and he'll say that. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Tropic Thunder, bringing it back. Um, so... Yeah, I openly engage. I openly let people know when they've upset me, if it's relevant and it's not me sounding like a fucking childish baby. But that's where we grow as a person. And that's where common sense and adulthood should take over. Maturity will take over on what you think is, you know, what, what, what you believe is a structured way of saying I'm annoyed at something. Are you annoyed because they stole your pen? A little bit worried about it, you know, just let them know you don't have to be frustrated about it. But we talk about that escalation factor and what really makes us angry and i actively i actively triage and look after myself daily now i absolutely do even to the point where now i've started if i don't want to get up at the specific time for the luxury of working from home knowing my structure of my day is the next day 
I won't rush around to stress to get to work, to log in and sit there in front of a screen. I'm like, nothing's really starting. I ain't really got much to do. I'll go in my normal time. So I'm managing my mental health and well-being all the time. This is the importance of this journey. This is where I talk about part three being so good because it shows the change. Part three is inherently everything you've listened to over all of these episodes because part three is this Part three is the gentleman's talk because everything I've done is me reflecting, analysing, talking to people, being open and honest. It was only this weekend. So so Friday, I I did this incredible uh, day. I'm on this um, um, uh, professional leadership development programme. Uh, within my organization and it's a fantastic little setup it just basically gives you a lot of courses and training and understanding on um, how to progress uh, within the organization to to, to get to senior leadership which is my ambition Um, and we sat down we did this thing on Friday called a personal development plan now I I have a personal development plan. I've always had a goal on where I wanted to be, where I want to be, the sort of avenue. I've never really been sort of kind of told what to do, what I'm good at. I've just kind of gone, I'll have a go at that. If I'm good at it, I'll stick with it. If I don't, I'll move on. So I kind of have a bit of a grip of my future. I know where I want to be. It's just getting there is the problem because there's so many factors in how you're supposed to present yourself, how you're supposed to talk, write, and 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 be seen. Um, there's all these different avenues and structures when you start getting into the executive leadership roles within organisations, which I get. Um, the problem for me is where I'm still a little bit childish. I'm still, a, you know, I'm forty. I'm forty-one, but. I like a good time. I like fun. I'm a very professional person, but I do like a little bit of a laugh. So I'm learning those aspects. I'm learning the um, I'm learning the the details of of leadership, which is which is fun for me because it's learning a whole new um, way of life, if you like. And um, so we did this. Per- so I've always had a grip of where I wanted to be. So basically, I, I we did this course and. Um, as part of the course on Friday was our personal development plan, we had to talk about our strengths and weaknesses. Now, something that absolutely resonated with me, and it resonated actually with everybody, uh, it, believe it or not, all seven of us on the group did the same thing. Um, we all listed our strengths, um, and they were fairly good. They, were, they, they weren't strong, strong. Um, but at the same time, we didn't represent ourselves. Oh, I've just seen the rain there. Can you hear the rain? Sorry about that. Hopefully that won't be too long again. Bloody rain in this cabin. It's a lovely setting, but when it rains, it sounds horrendous. Um, now you're just going to have that little rain noise in the background. So I'll carry on with the rain noise. Um, but yeah, so we were talking about strengths and weaknesses. And um, we all didn't really big ourselves up enough. And even the leadership that was there said, I've known you a short time. I know that you're more than that. You've got you've to talk about yourself. You've got to want to believe in yourself. And I think that works across the board in mental health in general. You've got to want to believe that you can do something to be able to do it. If you believe, it adds strength. It adds gravitas. And when we got to my weaknesses, um, this is like a double-edged sword for me, really, because I mentioned in my weaknesses that I I had PTSD, um, anxiety and ADHD I mentioned it in my weaknesses and I said that's a weakness that I try to overcome all the time and 
they, and when I was talking about the, the things I saw myself doing in my future, one of the things I absolutely was an advocate of, and I smiled when I wrote it down, was I've got a couple of things. I'd like to be a chartered member of IOSH. I'm, I'm graduate currently. Um, and I want to be, um, I want to push this podcast and really get out there uh, and push my social media. So that was part of my little personal development plan. It's something I'm ambitious about. And it brought focus to me. And it, two reasons really and and both reasons are very positive from it actually the first reason was um and i even said in the in the vocals and they said um you know i nearly wasn't here in uh december last year and 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 i wanted to change my outlook so this is my whole focus and purpose this gentleman's talk is what i believe in and what i want i want to help reduce the statistic i genuinely do this is a personal journey for me which is why i don't bleat on about um you know everything around it i just bleat on about what i know and what i believe and what i understand and how i've come from a fucking horrendously horrible place and how i've put on a mask for years how i've been seen outside as having everything if you really wanted to look at it like that but in actual fact you can be the you can look like that but you are the loneliest man alive inside and i harp on about that and it, it led into when I was talking to them. So I said, they said to me, well, first off, you know, we're, we're really glad you're here. This was really nice to hear whether they said that, you know, but it, it was a nice thing to say. We're really glad you're here. You're a fantastic person. You're, you're nice, bubbly, loud, hilariously funny, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Not really when you hear from a leader, um, but, you know, it works for me. <laughs> so, but I've always believed in not changing who I am. I've got to where I am by being who I am I've always been true to myself I've always been an honest person I will I'm quite intellectual I'm quite uh, you know knowledgeable I do retain information quite well but at the same time I will be the first worst person to uh, you know jump off a bungee jump naked it wouldn't really bother me I'm, I'm literally I, I, you know that's why I do sky I've done a skydive and all sorts because I like having fun and I don't believe we should be held back in any way shape or form from who our true character is just purely because it doesn't fit that particular organization or it doesn't fit the look if i'm giving you sound experience knowledge and expert advice in any way shape or form or non-expert but my beliefs or what i've been through as i'm talking on this this podcast then i don't believe i should change who i am I am who I am, and that's it. That's just, I, like I said, I've always remained being true to myself. When people say to me, oh, you need to be quiet or be the silent one. No, I, I, I really fucking don't. I have spoke about this in a previous podcast. I don't have to be the silent person. I don't want to be the silent person. I'm, I want to get shit done. If it, if it means trying to show who's got bigger balls, I'll just slap them out and put them on the table and go, are they bigger than yours? And if they are, then I fucking win, clearly. If, if, they're, if they're little tiny peanut balls and we've got ourselves in a, a cold situation where I haven't got nice thermal boxes on and you win, then I'll hold my hand up and go, your balls are bigger, sir. Thank you very much. So I'm one of those people. I'd rather just lay that on the table right away. I don't, I don't want to beat around the fucking bush, literally. Um... So, I got that anyway. I digress a little bit there, but you know, so, okay, I go into the moment. I go into the feeling at the moment. Um, so, I, but I got a warm feeling back, and they also said to me, "Don't look at that as a negative. Actually, look at that as a strength." Now, 
it's easy for me to say I can look at it as a strength now. And this is where, before I, I go into the next little bit of, of why I got good positive feedback. Um, the reason I don't look at it as a strength, and I, and I haven't looked at it as a strength, is because of exactly what I said t 20, 20 minutes ago. If you Google depression, it's dark, it's black, it's horrible. It's I, I've described it as a fog over my face, over my brain. I describe the sadness. I describe, I remember sitting there one day in my living room. I was led on the sofa. I was crippled feeling inside. I, I couldn't physically move. And I just remember crying my eyes out with nobody around. Everyone had gone out. They didn't want to be with me because I wasn't a nice person to be with. So they went out and did shopping on their own. They didn't want to go shopping me because I used to get angry with people and I used to get angry with cars and I used to get road rage and all these sort of things. And nobody wanted to spend time with me. And I can understand why. It was just like, you know, hopefully James will, you know, come out of this, if you like. Hopefully he'll battle whatever he's battling before we really knew the depths of it. But I remember, I remember sitting there on the sofa and I remember just fucking bursting into tears and I didn't know what I was crying for. But I'm not talking, I'm not talking like, you know, tears. I, I was full on heart sobbing over nothing. I just didn't know what to be. It was like, and in the back of my head, I was saying to myself, what's my purpose? I was saying to myself, I don't want to be here anymore. What the fuck is this about? I felt emasculated because I was bawling and blubbering like a fucking baby. I just was like, what the fuck? I had confusion, anger, emotion. I had all of these fucking feelings going through my head. And I remember that that was, that was what I described depression as. Now, we all know it's... Well, we, if you've listened, you'll know it stems from the post-traumatic stress disorder. And that's where it got to because I didn't look after myself, because I didn't go for therapy quick enough, because I didn't speak out as a minimum to people around me, because I was nurturing toxic friendships with people that didn't really care about me but just enjoyed the fun spending James, the, 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 the arsehole, the, the one that would tell people to fuck off but at the same time would deliver on time every time. I would... You know, I was good at my job. I was there 24-7. I gave everybody an easy life. I put on that mask of braveness and happiness and utilised my own emotions to sort of taint the situation. If I was angry, I would get angry at the... If I felt angry, I would direct my anger at somebody that at the right time to give me the adrenaline high to get that anger off and at the same time have maximum effect from the person in terms of how I've made them feel distraught. I would cry when I was alone. I would feel lonely when I was with people because I was with the wrong people. I remember, that I, I cast my mind back to, when, when I think about depression, I think about, I think about overspending. I think about spending money on stuff I didn't need. I, I've... At the time, I didn't choose to spend money to show off. That was my caveat. It was never to show off. I was chasing an adrenaline high. I was chasing the adrenaline high I got from buying something new to show somebody. 
to go, look what I've got. This is amazing. I'm the first one to get this. I've got an electric scooter. I don't fucking use it. But yay, I've got it. Maybe you want to get one and I would try and talk people into it. Yeah, because then if you get one, we can both have a little high for it together. However, I was getting into mountains of debt doing this. And also, what I didn't realise is the people I was showing this stuff, they didn't fucking want to see this. They were going through their own battles. But I did this. I ten pairs of fucking Adidas trainers. Ten... Um, fucking 10 is a magic number 10 pairs of sunglasses I'm going to go into education so I just fucking burst into education the amount of courses I've done why why do I do so many courses you may ask because I retain knowledge quite well but I love the fucking gratification I get from doing a course I find it challenging enough to learn different topics Challenging enough that I can retain enough information to talk about it over a prolonged period of time. I get the gratification of a reward at the end of it. And I get the advancement in promotion because people think I'm because people see I'm ambitious and I learn loads of shit. There's loads of stuff I can randomly come out with because I had this thirst for learn because it's surrounded by serotonin for me. Now, I substituted buying things and showing off about things and ultimately looking like an arrogant tosser, I think I probably looked like. But it was unintentional. It was never that way. It was just because I just wanted nice things. I felt like I wanted new things. I felt like I wanted this, this, this. And like I said, I was went into wakeboarding and bought the fucking latest gear on day one. Who the fuck goes out and spends £800 on wakeboarding gear when the first thing you've, you're learning to do is stand up on the fucking thing? Well, this mug does. Fishing gear, when I bought a load of fishing stuff. Went shooting, went and bought a 2 2. Do you see what I mean? I just, I, I've continuously done it. I wanted to do digital drawing because my friend did. So he bought an iPad Pro, so I went and bought an iPad Pro because I didn't want to be lesser than him. It's, it's now a, sat beside me, it's a glorified fucking sound machine. So I haven't changed my outlook. What I've done is instead of buying all these things, that I was doing before, now I've substituted it for learning. Now that does have its massive benefits for me in my advancement and my ambition to progress forward. It does. So it's a, it's a worthwhile addiction, you may say. Um, there's a lot of other addictions that I could have gone down that would have been far more harmful to my life and the people surrounding me. So if that feeds me, then that's what I'll do. I'll keep feeding on that. But whenever I think about depression, and this is where I find it hard, and I, and I mould myself back to that point, whenever I think about depression, I think about darkness. I think about bad choices. I think about being around toxic people. And, and I do mean most of my people in my past around that point of the last seven years, most of the people... Um, were very toxic for me, very toxic. And I, I latched onto a lot of those things because it gave me a lot of serotonin. I latched onto toxicity because it gave me what I needed to get out of life. But in actual fact, it drove me to the point where I didn't want to be here anymore. It drove me to ultimate sadness because nobody around me that was that was with me at the time really wanted to be with me the people that 
wanted to be with me, I'd push to the outside. I'd push them away. Instead of opening up, instead of talking to people, I shut everybody else that really cared away. And I've spent the best part of the last two years trying to start that process, but not really gripping it until the start of this journey, part three. This is the gentleman's talk in brackets, part three. Because that's what this is all about. This is about me being open, honest, helping, assisting. I've just completed today an, an absolutely fantastic course um, on the science of well-being. And even though I've a lot of it is just a different way of looking at a course for a different um, psychologist who's written this course, I do get a lot out of it. This was actually an American course as well, which was unusual for me. Um, but it, what it did do was gave me it gave everything a different outlook for me because it was written in a different context. It was written in an American context. So I actually got to see a lot of the terminology from a different perspective. And I got to see a completely different education process and how they interpret well-being. However, a lot of it, believe it or not, is very similar at how we talk about these things. And it's exactly what I talk about all the time. I harp on all the time about well-being. So when I go into the depression aspect and when I go into the learning aspect and I go into that, it's really hard. I find a lot of negativity about it. And Friday really was the first time that I, that I had the strength to say I look at it as a positive because I do now. Because I've seen when you get hold of yourself, although I battle... Like I said, last week, I didn't want to fucking... I, I, was, I was horrible. I was in a horrible place. But I managed it. I kicked in. Everything kicked in that I've been talking about. Everything kicked in that I'm learning. Take time out. So I took time off work. Do something you enjoy. Get out amongst nature. Reflection. Walking. Diet. Exercise. Meditation. There is so many things. Music body mapping mind mapping there's so many things that we can do that are su take such little time but have such a massive impact on our lives engaging with your friends how many of you can say that you engage with your friends and do you actually listen to your friends or are you looking at it from a selfish perspective it's a very 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 key point you need to make sure that everything you do, you're doing it with the right reasons. You're doing it with the right importance. Listening and talking is important. I've said this before. Just about li listening is just as important as about talking about mental health. Or talking about general daily life. Being part of it is actually engaging properly. Not doing a half-arse attempt. So we must look at our well-being, whether it be my reflection. If I did one reflection a day, would I get the same impact as three? No, because I've structured my reflection around morning, dinner and night with a possible fourth one just before I go to bed if the weather permits. Because it's a nice, pleasant, dark walk around the field and I really get to engage with the, the sounds of nature rather than the visions of nature 
So I incorporate that and I get I get so much out of those three reflections that if I got, if I cut it down to one I wouldn't get the same impact. So when you set yourself the goals for well-being whether you set yourself and as I've just talked about the science of well-being incorporates adding things into your life that will have a benefit walking engaging talking healthy eating healthy body healthy mind being open and honest about how you're feeling but at the same time talking and listening actively engaging asking how your friends are getting on how you doing how are you been that is really really important all of these focuses around mental health are important to look at it as a strength Otherwise, it will remain a weakness in my eyes. I know it's very easy from an outside perspective to say that, and that's very positive to say that. I got a lot of positivity about them saying, don't look at it as a weakness, look at it as a strength. However, I'm also, without sounding arrogant here, I'm also well experienced in the fact that I know how badly it affects it affected me. I know how low I felt. I know how I couldn't see my way out of this fog, this black, thick fog. So I know where it's taken me. I know that it has been my weakness. I know that it hasn't been kind to me. But what I do know is, by incorporating the well-being factor, by incorporating looking after yourself and actively taking control of your life and being open and honest, then we can look at it as a strength because we're taking control of it and we're acknowledging where we've been. That's what this whole part, these three, this three-part series is about. It's showing you from the depths of the darknesses to the midpoint to where I am now. Completely different people but the same person. But I don't forget where I've come from. I know where I've come from. And I utilise those experiences and I utilise that knowledge to, to talk to people and inherently tell them, you're not alone. You can get out of this and we can get out of this by doing these certain things. And ultimately, just by engaging with somebody, that is the best first step you can take. By engaging with somebody that loves you and will give you what you want back, which is advice. You may not like the advice, but I guarantee advice is what, is what you'll be looking for. Take control of it. And that sort of breaks me in, really, so it kind of... I got a bit deep there, sorry, well, I'll just take a, a little cheeky sip. Um, and it's only uh, juice, so you're okay. Nothing alcoholic tonight, people. Um... So, and it sort of broke me in, and, that's, and that all stems really from just how they looked at my strengths and my weaknesses. Now, the other good part about this was, I engaged with a colleague. A colleague said to me, um, James, can we have a, a quick chat afterwards? And I said, yeah, no problems. She said, what's your podcast? Do you mind if I take the details and share with my husband? And I said, absolutely not. And he suffers from PTSD. Now... That's what this is about. This is about me trying to help other people. This is about showing other people different ways to look after ourselves. But ultimately, being open and honest myself is just showing the people going forward that there's huge benefits to talking about your mental health. And 
he suffers and he has these really, really dark times. And I said to him, first off, straight away, reach out to me if you need someone to talk to. Absolutely. Sorry about the rain coming back. Um, absolutely reach out to me and I will just be the ears he may need from an independent person. I said, but yeah, here's the gentleman's talk and, and shared away. And we spoke quite briefly. Um, but I got a lot out of that because, number one, somebody reached out to me enough and it just goes to show how different men and women are that she was actively being open about her own husband's mental health to help him now what better love is that i got so much out of that little conversation by the fact that hopefully he has been open and honest enough with her to say that he's already made that step but I think it's also by listening to somebody else that's going through it, it makes it so you don't feel alone because that's one of the biggest things I felt through all of those years, even though I was surrounded by so many people. I felt alone. I felt nobody knew what I was going through. I didn't feel that anybody cared what I was going through. I just blocked all that down. I blocked it down so much that when it came out, it erupted like Mount fucking Vesuvius. And that's, the, that's when you become that statistic I talk about. This is what I beat the drum about. Get the fuck away from those statistics. Be the, enjoy your life. Just be the person you want to be. And that's why I beat this drum. So I got so much out of just being open and honest with this little core group, doing something for myself. I got so much out of that. Because number one, I potentially helped someone else. And number two, I got the ability to look at my debilitating mental health condition. And I call it debilitating because it's wiped away so much of my life. You have to remember that every time you stress about something, you lose part of your life. So not only when you when you don't deal with the when you don't deal with your sadness and you don't deal with what upsets you and you break into this dark area of depression and anxiety and the, just the overwhelming darkness when you break into that part and I add these little tiny details to give you an impression of what it could be like if you're listening from another perspective and if you're listening you may already see these signs but when you break into that point it's so difficult to get out of that point you don't see an end to it. You constantly battle. And you feel alone, even though you could be surrounded by so many people. You can still feel horrendously alone. And like I said, I got lots out of this. I got lots out of the fact that I could have potentially helped somebody. That's the most important for me, is even if there's one listener or a million listeners, if, that, if there's one person in that core group then and I've helped them then that's what matters to me and that's what sort of kind of concludes my little cheeky uh three-part episodes really of depression my darkest hour my and the, the reason I found I sound so upbeat and this is where I kind of um go back to almost an hour ago now where I said I was talking about it for me I felt, I, f I felt more upbeat when I'd done the first one. It was because I was in a low place. I was in a sad place. And I was reflecting heavily on my darkest hour. And that's why I was able to call it that. And I, 
I spoke about it and, and it helped me at the moment. It helped me by talking about it again. It helped me understand where I've come from. It helped me show how resilient I've become because that was horrible. And then when I'd done the second one, it took me a while to get up the courage to do that because I didn't know how it would affect me. Because whenever you talk about things, you must remember there's going to be a fallout. If you talk about something, you will feel emotionally exhausted. I did. After every single therapy session I've ever had and every time I've spoken deeply about my thoughts, even when I do a podcast, you have to remember you're. I'm reflecting heavily. I'm talking about inherently horrible times in my life which evolve, revolve around me not being here, not being around this, not even being here to talk. So it does, it's emotionally exhausting and you must be prepared for that because afterwards you'll feel crap whenever you talk about things but you must acknowledge that that is just a part of you letting go and sharing your problem. That is actually a nice emotion, it's a nice exhaustion to have because when you're exhausted from sleepless nights through overthinking your mind racing the black fog when you when you that exhaustion that emotion is horrible because your body is fighting you're still wanting to go you've still got this pent up anger you've still got testosterone firing on all cylinders in your body trying to fight this and then you get to a depression state and then you get to that that mindset and then you you don't realize that every time you get there you take away and this is what I was just talking about you take away an aspect of your life so every time you are depressed you you take away hours from your present that's the way the easiest way to remember it. every time you're sad you're taking away time from the present that you could be enjoying you want to be enjoying you should you deserve to be enjoying so every time you don't talk openly, every time you don't open up about something, every time you don't make a positive move on your own well-being, you are stealing from your own present. And we must look at the present as a gift. That's why it's called the present. And then you have to remember that every time you're stressed, every time you're depressed, you take time away from your life at the end because you act you add physical and mental exhaustion to your body you stress your muscles you stress your bones you stress every element of your body you lose hair through stress you it's just there's so much negativity revolving around that so not only are you stealing from your present you're stealing from the future you're losing this more and more time that you can be enjoying your life grabbing hold of your mental health incorporating these structures that i talk about and i harp on i bang the drums i beat the drums all the time about healthy mind healthy body in eating healthy, water, exercise, dieting when you need to, meditation, mindfulness, body mapping, cold showers, which equals cold water therapy, sports. There's so many things you can do. Reflection. There's so many things you can do. Music. 
anything you want to better your mind, to get you out of these thought processes. Ultimately, it all focuses on the the pinpoint of this is being open and honest about your mental health, about being open and honest about your well-being, managing your well-being, creating a structure around you that supports you and looks after you, the right friends, the right family. Just because they're family, it doesn't mean we have to engage with them if they're toxic. We must remember that. We can identify they're there, we can acknowledge they're there, but if they're bringing down your well-being, your mental health, you need to have the strength and capacity to enjoy your own life, not at the detriment of someone else making it miserable. And that works across the board. Friendships, relationships, anything can work. I told you at the start of this, the percentage group, give to people what you receive. If you stop receiving, stop giving. Constantly do that. Constantly battle these things. Every single day is a different day. We don't know what the day is going to chuck at us. So we have to manage this. Manage our processes. Managing our well-being is so important. So important. I banged on enough, actually. I banged on enough. I've been screaming at you and shouting at you. But do you know what? I've enjoyed this this this, this part, this three-parter. Because for me, it's... Like I said, it's identified, it's, it's, it's acknowledged where I've come from to where I am now as a person. It's shown to me that this can be done. It's shown to me that I still battle this on a daily basis. I still battle these battles. I get chucked curveballs from family. I get chucked curveballs from friends, you know. Everything is liquid and fluid in life, sometimes more than you actually realise. But it's given me the strength to understand where I've come from. And I constantly look at my well-being now, more than ever. Um, and that's why I talk about these percentages, I talk about these things in such detail, because they're very important. If you find yourself actually being a selfish person or surrounded by selfish people, it's a difficult thing to manage it brings us down naturally i actually spoke today and i, I said i've said this in a previous podcast as well i've said a lot in a previous podcast but one part we i learned today actually on the science of well-being was you get 15 percent more happiness if you had so say for instance if i had something um and i it was it was it was i bought it if i bought it for myself or gave it to somebody that I know and loved, or somebody I know, I would get 15% more happiness. It's, this is a study done in America, so I'm, I'm, I'm living by their statistics. It's a bigger, wider audience. I will caveat that than the UK. Um, but they get more... Um, you get more 15% more happiness out of giving a, someone a gift than you do buying a gift for yourself. And I said that because that just shows appreciation. And that gift can work across the board. That gift can work in rewarding somebody at work. That gift can work from 
saying thank you to a friend or a family member, a loved one. That could be just an, a spur-off-the-moment gift. I often do it to uh, a few of my friends. I've got them all on Amazon, and every now and then I'll, I'll spring them a something or other, you know, as and when. Let it go. Let it go. But it's you, I do. I've, I'm a big, big advocate of supporting other people, and I think that that's a really key point. And it's like I said, it's amazing how I'm learning a structure from a different country, and... All the things are similar, which I love. I love enjoying. I love. I, I love enjoying. I love learning and enjoy the aspect of developing. But at the same time, it's really, really refreshing to understand that well-being is structured around exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm going to leave it there. Um, I, I've managed to unpick the uh the, the the failure from yesterday um and i've enjoyed it again I, I got just as much out of it today as i did yesterday and i think that's mainly because it's such a rewarding topic to talk about it's so rewarding to look at where somebody's come from even if it's self-reflection it's so rewarding to tell people that this is possible it's so rewarding overall and i that's why i enjoy and this is where the gentleman talk for me has grown it's just it's grown and i'm enjoying it um even though i'm sat in my cabin with a microphone a little bit of music in the background to me it's everything um so obviously if I've helped you, that's absolutely fantastic. And that's my that's my core point here is to try and help or try and support and just get the message out there that, you know, we can be open and honest and it can absolutely benefit us. And most of the time, um, our well-being, if we let go of it, it will affect us, our, ment- our mental capacity and our mental ability um, without even realising it. So we actually actually have to keep a focus on this. We have to look at the positives as much as we can and try to avoid the negatives. Um, so yeah, it's a fantastic journey. I've, I've thoroughly been thoroughly enjoying it. If you can, you know, sh- share, comment, uh, you know, speak the buzz. That'd be absolutely amazing. Um, any support is great support for me. Um, but ultimately. It, as long as I'm helping you, that's the main thing. Uh, this is what I talk to my microphone in my little shed um, in the in the middle of the UK about. This is why I get the buzz from it, just to show people that these difficult times can be battled, um, but we have to do the right steps together to, to attack it the right way. Otherwise, we'll constantly fail. And I did that. This is why it was a three-parter, because I kept failing. I I don't talk it as a fail, I suppose, because I'm I'm here. But I suppose it felt like a failure at the time. But it's not. As long as you're learning from the lessons and you don't go back, you keep moving forward. Like I always say to everybody, if you're climbing the steps and you can't see all of the steps in front of you because of the fog, but you can only see the first step in front of you, take that one step. And keep waiting for the next step to appear. That's the that's the whole purpose of mental health. It doesn't happen overnight. I've been taking medication for five years now. I've been battling this for 14. I take medication to function on a daily basis. And sometimes that medication isn't enough. So it's hard. It really is hard. But we can do it together. 
and that's what gives us a future that's what gives us aspirations that's when we focus on being better people all around so thank you for listening um take care and uh, i hope to get another live going this week if i can get my bloody phone to be sorted out but um i look forward to hopefully we can and um, i'll speak to you all soon take care keep up with those um mental health and well-being things get out amongst nature go for walks sometimes you'll believe it or not even if you in the uk now and it's raining how amazing it is to walk in the rain it is fantastic once you, you your skin's waterproof just come back in towel dry off but you will enjoy that rain um it, it, just getting out amongst nature it's a fantastic feeling um so look after yourself keep up with your well-being and i look forward to talking to you again soon take care everyone bye